Aloha Maui Nui. Hello, this is Josh Porter. And Jason Furcart. Welcome to the Solar Coaster, episode 103. 103, that is correct. 103, <laughs> and and we're back on streaming right Yay. now. Checking this amazing stuff out here. If you want to, how can they find us, uh, our live stream from the studio, Jay? Uh, if you go to the website, solar-coaster.com, uh, there is a YouTube stream live link right there. And you can actually jump in the studio with us and watch our all product placement and... Uh, how that the solar coaster actually runs on sugar. There we go. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. <laughs> Chemical energy. Uh, pretty exciting technology we're using here. Um, so this is going to be a good show. Uh, we're actually, I, I would say, a pretty pivotal show, really. Um, this is with Gwen Yamamoto Lau, who's the executive director of HGIA. What does that stand for, Jay? Do you remember? Um, not <laughs> and off, not ge- off the Gems. And covering the on-bill financing program was just launched about a week ago on April 8th. Uh, throughout Big Island, Maui County, that's Molokai, Lanai, Maui, as well as Oahu. Uh, 95% of uh, uh, Hawaii's residents, I think she said, yeah, uh, it have access to solar now, solar hot water. To, to, and, this, to this program. And this, this program, is, yeah. Yeah, what I want to say, teach me to put something in my mouth. Uh, this is not a scam. This is <laughs> not a joke. This is a way right. to save money on your electric bill. You don't get any additional loans or... Um, obligations except your electric bill you will pay less per month and you get access to solar and other um, energy efficiency technologies through this program it is crazy stay on and listen to all of this it's very exciting (laughs) stuff yeah and and it is uh you'll you'll hear the details directly from the executive director uh momentarily when we get into our main show focus uh but there are uh, some amazing opportunities and benefits to this program and uh yeah so stay tuned anyone can get solar that's what's happening thank you to governor Ige and to uh gwen and to other other people that are involved the utilities playing a major role as well uh so let's check all that out okay Okay. so let's get into our uh, housekeeping we'll jump over our news and events and we'll We'll hear from Gwen shortly. So, hey, aloha, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. We can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Kauai, 1110 a.m. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. With the uh, introduction of streaming again, the website is getting better and better, www.solar-coaster.com. That's solar-coaster.com. Uh, you can listen live audio-wise. You can actually jump in on a YouTube channel right now. Uh, of course, go down the bottom of every page and you can fill out our subscription, uh, subscribe to the mailing list, but also send us questions, comments. If you have a question about solar, you have a question about this GEMS program that we're going to be talking about all day, send us a note, solar-coaster.com. We're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And a little Siri told me that if you ask to play the Solar Coaster podcast, it will do it for you. Oh, yeah. Always works. <laughs> Got some great sponsors out there. Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. These guys are doing really wonderful work out here, um, produce, providing batteries, providing thermal heat exchanging systems, and smart house equipment. So it's yep. kind of like the nice three, you know, nice kind of uh, diversity of sponsors we have these days. This is a call-in show, folks. 808-242-7800 is the call-in line. Our interview with uh, Gwen is pre-recorded, so during that period, we won't be able to take any calls, but you can call uh, in the future. Let's head over to our Pantech Design Minute. Pantech Design Minute number six, smart demand control and load management. The ADAPT Energy Automation Package optimizes your use of available clean energy when it is abundant and less expensive, like during low tariff or off-peak times. By working together, the ADAPT Energy Automation and the Sonin Ecolink systems decrease load usage and discharge of your home battery when it matters most to fully manage and maximize energy usage in your home. For example, during time of use, TOU windows, the Ecolinks and ADAPT EA package can make adjustments in your home to drastically reduce your energy usage without disrupting your lifestyle. So first, the Ecolink system could effectively flood the peak period by using clean stored energy from your battery to power the home rather than relying on the grid. Secondly, load shedding commands could be used to maximize and extend the Ecolink's stored energy. For example, lowering the shades, dimming the lights, increasing the thermostat, and turning off non essential appliances, which would decrease your energy consumption by 2,000 watts. For a 10 kilowatt hour Sonin Ecolink system, that's an additional two hours worth of energy. This has been the Pantech Design Minute. 
There they go. Pantech Design kind of running through our minutes again. It, and still, checking. Yeah, it still blows me away. This is the second time we've actually gone through the series of, of all the, the things it's capable of. Um, but it really is living in the future stuff. <laughs> it's exciting. And I know that more and more of the systems are getting deployed. We're going to get a chance to get inside one of those houses and actually experience it firsthand shortly. Uh, but if you can imagine, you know, power outage, batteries working, talking to you, saying, hey, uh, what do you want to do? Shades operating, thermostats, all, all or, that. Or better than that, I've got, I've got it handled because I saw the weather coming right before you did. It's really neat. Really, really neat <laughs> stuff. house telling you that. <laughs> okay, so shall we uh, jump over to our news and events? We do need to do news and events for right away. Uh, coming off Forbes.com, there's the unreliable nature of solar and wind makes electricity more expensive than ever, new <laughs> study finds. <laughs> this is quite a uh, quite a title here, very provocative. The author, it turns out, um, I'm not going to find this guy's name right away, is Michael... Michael uh, Greenstone, Richard well, McDowell, and uh, Ishan Nath. Michael Schellenberger, I think, is the fellow that wrote this one up. And then uh, he actually wrote an earlier article, and he quoted his earlier article about he, how he was one of the first uh, authors to put out this kind of idea mm-hmm. and that he was he was attacked pretty hard. So it felt to me like when he put this out there, he's saying, look, 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 I was right. I was right. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's the trying, flavor trying, of this article, I guess. Trying, trying to justify it. Yeah. Um, I don't see it. Basically, what they're, what they're doing is they're going through and adding every single possible cost they can, including the, the decommissioning of other what they call stranded assets and stuff. It's, it's that like was you an interesting out, point. Sure, right? but I mean, you go out and you you make a bad bet. You buy a car off a of Craigslist, and it's kind of a lemon, and you got to put too much <laughs> money. You got to put too much money into it, and it's just this being a pain terrible. in the butt, right? And you decide uh, a year or two later, you are going to buy a new car. Right? It's an EV this time. It's an EV. Sure. Whatever it happens to be. It doesn't really matter. The point is, do you go you go to the dealership and they're going to they tell you that the new Tesla thing is going to be $38,000. Well, do you add the cost of your old car as the stranded asset into the cost of the new car? It so, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is a, a little unusual logic here if you ask me. Uh, so they're basically saying that hey, um, in the past previous studies were misleading, they say, the economists mm-hmm. note because they didn't incorporate three key costs, which are unreliability of renewables, the large amounts of land they require, and the displacement of cheap baseload energy sources like nuclear power plants. They also talk about this issue of these stranded assets being incorporated into it. So, but I mean, these are, that's, first of all, it hasn't gone through peer review yet. So it's really just kind of like a preliminary uh, study. Uh, And I think that they are, uh, it feels like it's got some agenda to it. It, it just feels like it's it's they're trying to make a point. Like this author says, "Hey, I put out this thing before, and everyone attacked me and said that I was not a great guy." And uh, but now there's this new study coming out of Chicago, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on this. But it, it's interesting to hear different perspectives. They're also bringing up the cost of carbon and trying to relate this in. But they really haven't. I don't think they've done a, a really kind of like honed down kind of a formula here. You know? Yeah. It's, no, it's 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 literally just trying to find. Controversy. <laughs> you don't give it any credit. Okay. I don't give it any credit <laughs> okay. at all. So that's at Forbes. If you want to check that out and yep. write some uh, write some nasty comments to him, go for it. Something positive over here um, uh, from Green Tech Media in Europe says Europe's solar renaissance is on the horizon. So apparently, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of big uptick in renewable energy deployment all throughout Europe. This is a great article, by the way. It kind of gives you. Um, like this, uh, these graphs, and it talks about all the different countries and how they're individually playing a role, what the costs to install utility-scale solar is throughout Europe, and then what are some of the subsidies that are available and how they're panning out. The bottom line is that there was a bit of a dip uh, in the last year or so, and now we're seeing it uh, peak up again, and it looks very aggressive and really very quite positive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're looking at less than a dollar um, was it dollar per a dollar per, per watt, watt DC, DC installed? Yeah, complete installed to all in cost for European utilities, which is a tremendously no low number, which which of course um, plays nicely against our first news article. <laughs> right, very inexpensive. <laughs> but, yeah, and and there's a lot of information on here. I mean, we we saw the the issues with Germany. They also tried to denuclearize their electrical grid at the same time um they're they're making you see their line on on this graph is actually just skyrocketing now that they're they're putting this this new energy in and the best thing to come about is that we're now at a place where you can get storage with it too Mm -hmm. and that i think is part of the biggest argument is if you're looking at solar and wind purely as solar panels and a windmill it doesn't 
necessarily work. But as soon as you add storage to the mix, mm. it becomes a much more stable platform to sure. build an, electric, an electrical grid on. Sure, sure. Yeah, they talk about how uh, 10 gigawatts were installed in 2018 for the first time in five years. Yep. And the market should break through 20 gigawatt barrier by 2021. That's 20 gigawatts per year yep. being installed, right? And if we remember our global mark on that was like 108 gigawatts last year for the entire world. So that's about 20%-ish of what's going on globally is happening in Europe. Yeah. By, well, which, will be which, happening which right now it's 10 percent yeah. right um so that's awesome it's a cool article it does give you a sense of kind of how it all f shakes out in europe and who's doing what and what the costs are and who's making you know progress uh, uh but all together they're doing quite a bit quite a bit so um what's the next one jay you want to talk about this i think you were excited about that I, I i liked watching this because the, the whole truck conversation is is one that's really difficult to have besides the tesla uh conversation a lot of the traditional large-scale vehicle road vehicle manufacturers were being pretty tight-lipped with their plans right mm -hmm. they don't they didn't go on record and saying yes we want to do electricity yes we want to do hydrogen yes we want to we have fuel anything um, it was really really difficult to have the conversation well the um, the Daimler uh, was a CEO I guess so um, got up Roger Nielsen Roger Nielsen got up in front of a large audience and basically said listen electricity battery electricity is the current path it's right. the, the only one he talked about hydrogen talked about fuel cells that the, he can see it but it's not going to be this generation's engineers manufacturing those fuel cells it's really going to be battery electric and it's going to be all battery not some kind of some kind of hybrid situation hmm. so they've fielded uh, 50 electric trucks they have um, a fleet of electric school buses that they've put together uh, and they're going to be building these things in portland oregon nice so, so it's uh domestically US, right u.s <laughs> uh manufacturing uh that's interesting because there are some companies out there that are um are going different routes right you have uh fuel cells nicola in particular is mm -hmm. really exciting we were reading about them because of the value act uh, uh investment uh in nicola private investment they don't know the amount but they um they they're 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 basically fueling up through hydrogen through solar and creating these these semi trucks. Yeah, which is of course the right way to do it. I mean, either either you charge the batteries from solar or you make hydrogen from the solar and, and ship that around. But either way, you want it to come from a renewable source. If you're still burning coal to make your hydrogen, it's completely inefficient. But this is a different. <laughs> I guess don't do I, that. I guess my point is that this is a different route than Nikola is taking. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Right? Um, but I mean, again, at the end of the day, I thought it was fantastic for him to stand up. He was there in front of his peers, so a number of the other trucking uh, company executives, uh, folks that are large-scale freight line um, owners, and said, listen, this is, this is the way we're going. And if you don't know Daimler, they're, they're the guys behind uh, the freight line trucks. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you pull up at a stoplight and the mm -hmm. truck comes up behind you and all you can see is the grill in the back, it says Freightliner on it. Right. That's, that's them. Okay. So they're major <laughs> players. They're, they're major, talking about, Major, right? major players. Can we jump over to some EV uh, discussion with uh, Mr. Musk? I thought that was EV. With Mr. Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electric trucks. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, okay. So I don't know. if Can we play this or will that actually work on here? I don't know no, if the audio no, won't work, right? That won't work. But okay. you can talk about it. So, yeah. I mean, um, look. Elon Musk came out and said that within a year, he's going to have, or Tesla's going to have, one million robo-taxis yep. uh, in the the Tesla network, which is similar to, like, he compared it to an Uber slash Airbnb because people are now able to rent out their cars as in the Uber pool, right? right in right. an Uber-like pool, right? Yep. So basically, he said the existing app is going to have, uh, you know, be updated or just be updated the app, and you'll be able to say put out to uh, network or put out to fleet or I forget the terminology he was using. But the bottom line is he says that all of the the cars that are being manufactured now with the new chips, the new hardware, they are uh, pending a software upgrade to be fully autonomous, to be robo taxis to to move around and pick people up and you could earn money on it. He even gave some quotes about the uh, potential money you could earn, like you could make up to $30,000 a year uh, leasing out your vehicle to this the, Tesla network. Yeah, that's that, what he said, right? That, that is what he said. Um, they're saying that every single vehicle that is in production now, so that means last year, what, what I had understood a while back, and this is a bit of a retraction on my part, I, I had thought that all this, the vehicles were 100% ready to go mm -hmm. pending software. Mm -hmm. So that apparently isn't the case. If you have a Tesla now and you haven't got, you didn't buy it in the last 
month or so, That's chances are it's hardware. not. It's older hardware. No, they're probably they, they're probably they the, the there's no information. They they probably will because it's it's much more about the uh, the CPU processing power right. on board. The sensors are already there. If you've ever driven in a Tesla, you know that it, it can see vehicles and it shows you all sorts of things on the display, what's yeah. going on. Um, so it had, the sensors are all in place, it, but it's it's processing power on board that they they didn't they had to upgrade, I guess, to get the full autonomous okay. capability. Okay. So this is all like the minutiae of it, but what, what, what do you make of this claim? In, in one year? In one year he's going to have it? Well, I think the technology has been getting there. They've, every single Tesla out there has been gathering data to help them generate these self-driving algorithms. Uh, whether or not it's legal in certain he areas. He was talking about <laughs> he that. He said that we that. won't be able to get approval in lots of different locations, For but sure. in cer certain areas they will be able but to. It, but it's I coming. mean, this is the future now, a year. Absolutely. If you, had asked, if, if you had asked me, I don't know, but if, if someone had asked you how far down the road, because I mean, this was a discussion we've been talking about for years, how far down the road would this particular capability be? What would you have said? Five years? Three Probably years? five years. I would, right? I, I think it's going to move very, very slowly because we're dealing with, with human lives and they're going to be very, very pragmatic. I mean, policy with, is going to slow it down? Policy is going to slow it down. And I think that's probably what he's going to run into. He's going, we'll, right. we'll, get, we'll get certified in certain places, but those will be certain places outside the United States. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Well, like like Dubai or something like whatever, that, right? Whatever, whatever it happens to be. I, well, the other thing from that article I really, really liked was that he said um, like 30% like would go back to Tesla. For their their sub, you subscribing, oh, you said, so we'll make 30, about twenty or thirty percent on that. He said yeah. twenty five thirty, and uh, but that's like the going rate for everything. I see that on Apple iTunes. If you make if you make a piece of music and you put it on iTunes, they take thirty percent. You put it on some, it's like everybody's taking just that much. I see. So it's, okay. it's kind of funny. Okay. That Interesting. That was the number they came <clears throat> up with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to tell you, this is exciting stuff. If you asked me, uh, to have the capability to do that and to be at a policy, uh, the policy being the limit, the limiting factor. I mean, I think that's actually actually pretty good if yeah. we're that far down the road. Absolutely. A couple of other things to just share in the last few minutes of news and events. Today is Arbor Day, which is uh, apparently okay. it's, uh, I think it's the 150th anniversary of Arbor Day. It's the- Is it really? The, oh, the, I didn't to, that. Yeah, yeah. And it's the, um, I believe it is the fourth Friday of, or the last Friday in April is, is the National Arbor Day. And um, Hawaii is actually, they have state state days as well associated with when it's good to plant trees and stuff like that. Hawaii is uh, the first Friday in November. Um, but uh, it's pretty, pretty uh, interesting uh, time to be hitting this 150th uh, Arbor Day celebration. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and we have some cool stuff going on in Maui uh, related to reforestation, which I think is kind of directly in line with Arbor Day. So uh, there's a Maui, a Maui Now article that uh, says the state's first forest carbon offset project is underway on Maui. Uh, this is really cool. There's about 250,000 native trees and shrubs on leeward slopes of Haleakala being planted over the last three years. And uh, this is going to be a program where the, what the, 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 a third party comes in and evaluates the biomass. These, these plants have the capability of sequestering carbon, right? Right, right. And that third party values that uh, that carbon, and then you're able to sell those credits to uh, other organizations, companies, people, and then take that money that comes in and then reinvest it in the reforestation project. And you're continuing to, yeah, to plant cool more trees. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's really interesting. Um, and for, certainly for people who don't have another way to kind of green their business, this is, this is a good way right. to support forests in other places. Yeah, and then state officials estimate that reforesting 4,700 acres on Maui's Ka Kahikinui and Naku Nakula forest reserves will withdraw an estimated 94,000 metric tons of carbon from the atmosphere. I love having all of these really innovative things happening here in Maui. Okay, last thing, we do have an article I want you to check out in Maui Time. It's New Gems Program Takes Hawaii Closer to Green Energy Goals. That's actually the content of our show today, and we're going to come right back. We'll hear directly from the executive director, Mrs. Gwen Yamamoto Lau. And uh, she'll be able to tell us all about this ar this article, but that and, and about her program and about how it was launched. So, uh, shall we go to commercial and come back with Gwen? Yep. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management, unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices. Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at pantechdesign.com. 
Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. Okay, we're back here. That was our uh, wonderful sponsors. Uh, thanks so much to uh, Sundrum and Pantech and LG Chem for keeping the solar coaster on the tracks. Absolutely. Love you guys. We're really uh, fortunate to have uh, a, a great guest speaker today, Gwen Yamamoto Lau, the executive director of what, Jay? The Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority. Okay, welcome, Gwen. Can you hear us okay? Yes, thank you so much. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to uh, speak with us here at the Solar Coaster about your program. There's a lot of wonderful things happening uh, with GEMS, if I can call it that, um, uh, over the last few years. And more recently, you have this on-bill financing thing, which is kind of what was the impetus for the call. So, Gwen, can you tell us about um, your background and kind of what's going on with uh, with your organization? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, I have about 30 years of commercial lending experience in traditional banking environments, uh, but it was extra meaningful to lead, uh, for me to lead a community development and financial institution where we focused on providing permanent financing for affordable housing, rental projects, leveraging low-income low housing tax credits, 504 yeah. lending, and energy financing. And as such, I find this position with the Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority, especially rewarding as it aligns with my personal passion in community development. Um, a little bit about uh, Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority, or HGIA. We are an attached agency to the Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism. HGIA, which was constituted in November of 2014 out of Act 211 Session Laws of 2013, uh, leverages public and private capital to deploy clean energy infrastructure that would contribute to, towards the state's 100% clean energy goals, as well as helping ratepayers lower their energy costs. So this is a, a, a wonderful um, organization that is here effectively to make getting in, into a renewable energy system more affordable, easier, more more practical for a greater, I would say, diversity of our community. Does that sound right? Exactly. Yeah, and this is a big deal. And and Gwen, just so you, you know, um, Jay and I have been doing the solar coaster for a couple of years. I've been a solar installation uh, fella here in Maui for nearly ten years. So we've you know we've seen the kind of deployment and the ramp up of the renewable energy industry out here. And uh, you know, financing has traditionally been a complex piece of the puzzle. So it's wonderful to see new alternatives being uh, you know brought to bear. So you know, I'm really glad to see this. So now now Gems, can you give us a little bit of sense of how Gems started and kind of where what, it's coming? What is it? Stand for first of all. Yeah, what, is, what does Gem stand for? <laughs> okay, so it stands for Green Energy Market Securitization Program. So that's quite a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, we think Gems is a lot easier to say and certainly easier to remember. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it ha it's been around for a little while now. How many years has it been up and running? Yeah, uh, Gems so in and of itself. It's almost uh, it's almost five years old. Uh, we've been around since 2014. Um, and as mentioned, we were, you know, uh, established to facilitate clean energy and provide flexible financing. Um, you know, with, as with any new program, when it was uh, uh, constituted back in 2014, it takes a little bit of time to implement. However, I'm so very proud of what our team has been able to accomplish over the past two years. And in, and in fact, we are now in the uh, process of seeking additional loan capital, as we only have about $35 million available to land and about $20 million of requests in our pipeline. So you have wow. 20 million of requests. You have 35 million available. Does that mean that you're looking to recapitalize the the bucket of money? I mean, what's uh, how, what kind of a run run time do we have in front of us? Yeah. So we are certainly looking to. Um, uh, 
seek new additional loan capital. But more importantly, what I, what I've been doing over the past two years is leveraging our funds with other funds to make it a public-private uh, gotcha. partnership. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, with 20 million in projects, we the whole the goal is not to fund 100% of that with Gems funds. It's to leverage it with other capital. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, what 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 our listeners I think are going to be really interested in is what how can this impact them? And one of the things that got us really excited about was the on bill financing program. And that's that's a little bit of language. That's a little bit of language right there that gets people really excited because what I take that to mean, just as a a potential client and as a person in the industry, is that uh, anyone with a utility account can potentially get funding for a renewable energy system. And is that is that correct? Is that what on bill financing means? It yes. It, in in a nutshell. And let me give you a little bit of history on the OnBill program because it's been a journey, uh, although it's been a very worthwhile journey. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, back in 2011, our state legislature enacted Act 204, which directed the Hawaii Public Utility Commission to investigate the viability of an OnBill financing program for electric utility companies, mm-hmm. uh, customers to purchase or acquire renewable energy or energy efficiency devices through their, exactly as you said, assessment through their electric bill. And the legislature had uh, uh, asked the PUC that if a program is deemed viable, to then establish it via decision and order. So, uh, you know, since then, the uh, commission uh, started working on this program. In February of 2013, they found the on-bill program to be viable, and so then they started to uh, work towards implementing uh, and and designing an on-bill program. Uh, In January of 2015, they uh, established and published a um, program manual. Uh, Back then, it was called the Hawaii Energy Bill Saver Program, mm-hmm. uh, which was to be administered by Hawaii Energy, as you know, our rate payer funded um, uh, contracted to the um, commission. Um, however, you know, due to some challenges in acquiring a finance program administrator for the Hawaii Energy Program, in May 2016, the co- commission suspended the establishment of that program and then directed the Hawaiian electric companies to work directly with HGIA to design and implement the on repayment mechanism for the exclusive use of HGIA. So that's kind of a history in a nutshell. Um, what 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 is the on-bill program? You know, so I will say while on-bill financing is not new to the nation, we are the 36th state to launch uh, on-bill program. You know, due to the foresight and leadership of our governor, the legislature, and the Public Utilities Commission, you know, Hawaii's program has inclusive, uh, unique design elements um, that are not um, that is unique to Hawaii, and it's not available in many of the other uh, programs. This information is coming from the Environmental and Energy Study Institute out of Washington, D.C., okay. um, and they they were um, excited about our program because uh, of a couple of things. It enables renters to participate. I think we're the Huge. first in the nation to do yeah. that. Um, it also is available to 95% of the state's population through the Hawaiian electric companies. Most of the other um, ONDO programs are limited are being administered by rural utilities. Um, And that is another um, unique difference. You know, ours is being uh, administered by uh, HGIA, which is our Hawaii's Green Bank. And last but not least, most uh, limit their financing to energy efficiency retrofits, while ours also include solar, uh, solar PV. Uh, financing. There's a lot there. This is wonderful, uh, Gwen. I'm really excited about this. So what I just heard to just in a nutshell is that the bulk of our community is 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 can ex- access this program. It's not just energy efficiency retrofits. It's also solar. Uh, and we're going to talk more about some of those technologies um, in a little bit. So that looks like, and is this in HEI territories exclusively or can we work within Kauai as well? Uh, what's How does that work? Yeah, so it's, it's exclusively for the Hawaiian Electric Company's um, territory. So if someone is in Big Island, if someone's in Oahu, Maui, Molokai, Lanai, they have access to this program. And if they have a utility account, uh, whether they own a home or are a renter, Mm -hmm. they can potentially gain uh, funding for their renewable energy system or their energy efficiency retrofits. And this is really a very, very exciting um, update, I got to tell you. When I think, and and Gwen, when I think about... um, 
<clears throat> utility bills, I tend to think of them from the perspective of a person that's trying to compel people to get a renewable energy system, right? Because that's been my, my world for the last 10 years. <laughs> so when I think about um, a, a utility contract, I often think of it as a, a, as a, or a utility bill, as a de facto contract for many, many years into the future that really can, can, can be changed at any given moment based on the cost of electricity, right? right. So, and, and I try to kind of communicate that at times with people. So now you're, now the opportunity here is that they can say, people can say, you know what, I want to make this decision about my electric bill. I want to make energy from another source. I want to put it on either my home or my landlord's home, which is amazing. And I want to understand how that how that's done. Uh, and I can reduce my out of pocket and then I can impact my overall carbon footprint. I mean, this is really uh, cool stuff. You know, it's exciting. I mean, thank you. Thank you for doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thank you thank to you. everybody there, right? <laughs> that's wonderful. So, uh, and when another small thing, I don't, I don't want to say too much here, but I think that Governor Ige is mm. doing an amazing job and is really, he could, you know, this this fellow is putting together a heck of a legacy, don't you think? Absolutely. He's influencing the entire country, right? Another example of his foresight kind of, um, you know, staking down new territory. So, really great stuff. So, let's navigate this, um, Gwen, now that we get a sense for what it is. And one last thing, how long, when, when was this current iteration of the, the bill on bill financing program initiated. How long are we into it? Yeah, so um, the PUC gave us uh, uh, conditional approval um, back in April of 20, uh, 2018, last year. Mm -hmm. um, they did allow us to start taking in applications come June 1st. Um, meanwhile, uh, we were working with the uh, Hawaiian Electric Companies on the programming side to transmit uh, automatically and electronically transmit data, loan data back and forth between our servicer and their their uh, systems to get our loan repayment our program charge on their utility bills. So that finally uh, uh, came, uh, we finished the testing, final testing, and we are good to go. We're uh, it, it, operational as of April 8th. April 8th of 19. 19, yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is super timely. Yeah. <laughs> so I knew it was recent, but I didn't realize how recent. April 8th. So we're, what are we about? Uh, does that put us uh, about, what is it, uh, 16 days out? Right. right. Right as of this conversation, right. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. So um, we have this new wonderful opportunity here to democratize access to renewable energies in our community, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're listening out there, folks, and you have a utility account, in your name. You get an electric bill. You get an electric <laughs> Don't say bill. say that. If you get an electric bill. Make it easy. If you get an electric account. bill, uh, everybody out there that gets an electric bill, raise their hand. There you go. <laughs> if you get an electric bill, now you can have a renewable energy system. It doesn't even matter if you own a home. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, let's walk through this. Help us understand, Glenn, in really simple terms, because I'm, I'm not the fastest guy in the, in, the, in the bunch here. So help me understand how this works. Let's say I, um, I want to get, um, get a renewable energy system. I'm ready to make this kind of a change. What types of technologies are applicable? What can I, what can I select from? Yeah, so um, for uh, residential um, systems, um, we, we can finance solar hot water heaters, heat pumps, and solar PV. For commercial installations, we can finance um, solar PV as well as um, any commercial energy efficiency retrofit. Commercial energy efficiency retrofit. Okay. Does, okay. That, does that include stuff like lighting? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. And, and I'll tell you, I, I'll explain how it works. So when you install solar, you know, solar PV, solar hot water, or even commercial energy efficiency retrofits, um, what these installations do is they reduce your energy uh, electric consumption. Mm -hmm. This lowers your utility bill. What we do is we apply the savings that they are enjoying from their retrofit to pay for the green energy installation through their monthly utility bill. And there are only two requirements to qualify for the program. One is they must be a current customer of the Hawaiian Electric Companies, as you said, on Oahu, Maui, Lanai, Ma uh, Molokai, or Hawaii Island, with no disconnection notices over the past 12 months. That's the first um, requirement. The second requirement is that their projected utility bill must be at least 10% lower than their current bill after the installation, but including the program charge to pay for the installation. 
Got it. Okay, so let's walk through an example. Do you mind if we do that? Sure. Okay, so, and I'd like to walk through one that I'm kind of very familiar with, a tried and true technology, solar hot water. This is something that, a technology that we see on nearly every building because it's a legal requirement outside of the variance uh, for new construction. Uh, It's a hundred year old technology that's been optimized, but kind of hasn't changed all that much, right? (laughs) Uh, So let's say you you go about and you, you, you go out and you find a contractor that's a uh, GEMS approved, can I call yeah. that contractor that? GEMS approved contractor, right? And uh, you say, I want to get a solar hot water system. I don't have one right now, or I need a new one because my old one's broken, which is often the case, right? Mm-hmm. So that client, that, that, that uh, installer comes out, gives you a project bid. Let's say it costs something like uh, $8,000 for a 120 gallon with a couple of, uh, of, of uh, whatever, uh, Sun Earth collectors up top, right? Full installation. Now you've got a 30% federal tax credit. You've got a 35% state tax credit. I think up to 2250, which is the I think the max for that technology. Right. Um, and then um, okay, so then we say we we understand the math of this, and my return on investment generally is less than about three years, mm-hmm. because uh, the the savings are you know the, this is a very highly efficient technology that basically you know radiates liquid, heats it up, and use that hot water. There's no you know losses and in, in electrical uh, staging and stuff like that. So let's say I want to do this. What's the next step and, and, and how do I pay it back and, and how does it work out? And how do I choose the loan term and all that jazz? Great, great question. So what they would do is they would apply. Um, they can either uh, apply online or they can uh, download our applications from our website and uh, mail it in. Um, they would apply um, one of the different... One second. From- who, who, is, who is they? The installer or the... the- the uh, homeowners. The homeowner. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Good question. Um, and so they, they, we will ask them for their existing utility bill. That's one of the things that we require um, mm-hmm. because, we're again, we're looking for utility bill savings. Solar hot water is, as you know, one of the best things to uh, install first because you reduce your consumption before you're going to uh, renewable. Uh, typically, as Hawaii Energy will will uh, tell you, you know there is a, about a 35%, maybe 40% reduction of uh, kilowatt hour c- consumption with right. the installation of solar right. hot water. Right. So it, it really, as you said, makes a lot of good financial sense. So uh, tax credits are great, but tax credits are not something that you get immediately. And so what we do is, a bit depending, um, they're eligible for up to a 100% financing if they qualify. We take a look at their current consumption. We um, we use Hawaii Energy's metrics to determine what the reduction will be based on their, their um, household size and based on the island that they are living. Um, and then we we add back the program charge. We uh, we stretch out the loan over a 20-year period. So it's standard to be a 20-year period. Yes. It's, um, and can you prepay it? They can prepay it, no prepayment penalties. But what what happens is when we lower the when we stretch it out, it lowers the monthly payment, makes it very easy for them to pay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So let's let's say. Oh, sorry. Did I interrupt you? Did you want to say anything more? Yeah, I just wanted to finish a couple more things. So um, when they get their um, tax credit um, after they filed their tax returns, they can certainly. Uh, pay down the principal of their uh, loan, and, and we can re amortize it to make their loan payments even smaller. Again, no payment penalties. The other part about solar hot water, as you know, is there's some maintenance involved, and so they may have to change out that anode rod yeah. uh, every three or, uh, f- I'm sorry, four or five years. They may have to replace that um, tank maybe in year 11. Yeah. Um, and so based on their estimated savings, if they qualify, we also approve, um, and this is the uh, uh, ratepayers option, uh, some maintenance reserve for them. No so that. Wow. So that you know, in year five, if they need to um, get a tune-up and replace an anode rod, and they need three hundred dollars for that, we will have it available for them. Year you know eleven, if they need a thousand dollars for their uh, new tank, um, we and and they qualify, we have it available for them. Amazing! That's phenomenal. <laughs> No, this is big. This is big. Uh, so I have a bunch of questions. Is it okay if I start asking sure. them? <laughs> okay. So, all right. So let's say we're back on that $8,000 price tag. This is just an arbitrary number that I came up with, right? And you've got a 30% federal, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what, 2400 bucks? Is that what that mm-hmm. is? Uh, you little math, Jay? Mm-hmm. And let's say you'd get a 2250 uh, state side. Okay, let's just put that on the side. Those are the, So your net cost, what's the net cost on that? About two or three grand? 
You that, Jay? Jay's doing some math. Type, yes. type stuff. <laughs> You're a smart guy, Jay. You can do it. So <laughs> let's say that um, that $8,000, you take a loan out or you – we're not taking a loan. You, 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 you're working with the GEMS program for that $8,000. So um, let's say that client, or that person, that homeowner has a $300 bill. And maybe they do get a 30% savings, right? So that would be a $90 per month saving on that bill. So they go from 300 to 210 Does this sound right, guys? Am I, am I going down the right tracks here? So now you got $210 bill. Now, that's right now after installation, you're stoked. You're like, wow, I just saved 90 bucks a month. Now, what do you think of that payment on over 20 years for eight grand? Is that, is that obvious to you, that rough, rough math, what that might be? Is that like 20 bucks or something? Or 30 no, I, bucks? Think, I think, uh, and I, I'm just taking it out of um, thin air because I don't yeah, have a yeah, with yeah. me. I think it's probably about $40 maybe. 40 bucks. Okay, great. So you have a, let's let's say that that is it. We're just, and once again, folks, we're just kind of, you know, uh, just using some random numbers here to give a sense of what it could look like. But $300 bill, put in a, a this, this solar hot water heater, get maybe around $90 in savings. You have a $40 loan repayment. You just net it, you just had cash positive uh, 50 bucks. Yeah. Right? On a monthly basis. Every month. Does that sound right to you, Gwen? Yes. That is wonderful. So you, you, you go through this process. Not only are you reducing your carbon footprint considerably, right, by about a third, right, but you are also um, in, in netting $50 uh, a positive cash flow on a, month, on a monthly basis. Paying that, less on your bill. Just say that. <laughs> paying less on your bill. Okay. Okay. There you go. So that and is And it comes very, on the bill. I mean, there's nothing even, it's not even inconvenient. You have to take care of another loan or anything. It's still the same old bill that you've been paying. Yeah. Month to month, every single, let's, every single let, time. Let's explore that a little bit now, if, we, if it's okay. So is this, uh, is this loan something that appears on your credit report or does it show as a debt? Uh, how does it, how does it work? Yeah. So it's not, um, we call it an obligation and it's, we call it an on the obligation. Um, and so it does not show up here in your credit report. And in fact, the obligation is not better made, and better. Yeah, it's not made to a person. It's actually made to a meter, the utility meter. No kidding. And that's, that's how, how the rental thing works. I get it. Exactly. Yes. That's, that, that's exactly how the rent, it works with renters. So using your same scenario, let's say instead of a homeowner, that was a renter. So the renter would uh, save the uh, uh, on the utility bill, yeah. but the renter might not be there forever. Mm-hmm. So the renter will give their landlord uh, notice of move out. Yeah. Um, when we worked on the design of this program, we wanted to make it a win-win for both tenants uh, and 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 rent uh, landlords. Yeah, that's great. Uh, because the hardest thing is to convince your landlord to put to invest in solar so that uh, a tenant can reduce their energy costs. Um, with with on-bill, the tenant wins by having a lower utility bill. The landlord's incentive to do that is they own the system. They own Oof. the solar system, so they get the solar tax credit benefits as well as depreciation. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. So uh, when a renter uh, gets the system, they're not owning it, but rather the, the landlord or the, the yes, property, property owner is, right. is owning it, yeah. and that's from, from day one, not when they transition it. Yeah, day one. That's interesting because it would be possible theoretically for the renter to own it, wouldn't it? Because you don't have to own the property to gain tax credits on a system. But right. that's not. But that's not how it's designed. That's not how it's how it's designed. Uh, a very important distinction. I'm glad we figured that one out. Okay, very good. Um, so this is this is uh, pretty. Um, we're 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 kind of jumping in our seats right now. Yeah, right? we're all right? giving our, giving each yeah. other looks. Yeah, this is, let's do this. Um, this is a big deal, folks. This is Gary. a big deal, folks. You get a win-win out here. Whether you're renting, you get to reduce your bills. Whether you're a, a, a you know a homeowner, you get to reduce your and bills. Those and those bill gain reductions tax can be really significant if you go whole hog into. <laughs> solar hot water you don't have solar hot water for whatever reason good and so solar hot water you get pv electric you start driving an electric you can make car, some big impacts you size the system right yeah you can really really reduce that oh, bill geez. Jeez. yeah that's <laughs> so a, it's almost okay. it's almost nothing. so let's talk about some of the parameters jay's kind of led us into this conversation a little bit and let's let's stick with residential for a little bit and we'll maybe we'll, we might have to bring you back on for commercial frankly later uh gwen if you don't if you, have, you can find the time but i really want to focus in on in, on residential if that's right. all right for everybody so um there is a commercial program it looks spectacular as well but let's let's think about insul- residential installation so what are the boundaries of this loan are there uh, is there a is there a threshold is there a certain minimum or maximum no no minimum no maximum it is though tied to the utility bill savings Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need that 10%. We so, need that 10% in order to approve it. Generally speaking, we can do 10% pretty easily, though, right? I mean, that's that's um, well within our industry, don't you think? 
It is. I, I would say honestly, it is. However, if if one's bill is already really small, it's hard to get ten percent out of a, a, a small bill. Copy that. Sure. But sure. typically, our our families in Hawaii are larger, and we have a lot of uh, multiple families living together. Um, so some of the bills that we actually see, it's 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 unbelievably here's, high. Here's a question for you. Let's say you have. Um, new uh, new meters or new builds happening, and there isn't a historical reference. How do you handle that? Yeah, so one of the things we asked for in our uh, approval with the PC is if it's for a, a new development that we would use um, a typical uh, energy consumption for similar type, gotcha. um, either whether it's a two-bedroom apartment or a three-bedroom house. Gotcha. Okay, very good, very good, very good. Okay, so it's is it conceivable that one could put in a solar hot water system and then a, uh, a solar uh, electric system uh, at the same time or at different times under this program? Yeah, so we can finance multiple energy improvements. However, every energy improvement needs to meet that 10% threshold. Sure. Okay, great. Now, the, the I think we're going to lead right up to the really obvious question. I want to spend a little bit of time on this. Uh, we're in a post-NEM world here in our in our renewable energy uh, deployments. Uh, we've got all... This is a wonderful timing, by the way, uh, Gwen. You, we have all of these different um, programs with the utility. We have uh, uh, we have CSS, we have CGS+, Plus, we have uh, Smart. Plus. Export. We have NEM Plus. We have SIA. We have, uh, you know, all of these different things happening. So, um, but but some of them clearly, some of them require energy storage. Now, as I understand it, we're, we're we're not at a place where energy storage is incorporated into this program. Is that the case? When will it be? What's your what's your outlook? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So we are actually uh, gearing up to go back to the PUC to uh, ask for approval to finance um, energy storage batteries. However, as I mentioned previously, you know, my goal has always been to leverage our funds with other funds. Um, so we have been financing solar plus storage systems. Um, it's just not 100% GEMS financing. So we're using another financing body. Is that a uh, like a credit union or a bank right. or is that some of the national lenders right, out there? Right, right. Other, other lenders. So we blend our, our financing with theirs. Do you manage that process or is that something that happens at the installer level and the bidding level? Where, how does that work? Yeah, so we work we work with uh, any financial institution um, and typically we don't rely, we, so we basically tell both the contractors and our borrowers to let us call whoever you're already um, banking with. Um, they're familiar with them, they trust them. Um, and if they have not financed uh, or co-lend did with um, gems in the past. We go, we go through it step by step to make it very easy for them. Wonderful. Hmm. How long does this process take typically for your average uh, residential applicant? Yeah, so on the residential side, we haven't, because the loan sizes are, are much smaller, it's a little bit harder to divide up a loan that way. We have, though, just launched a uh, $20 million fund. Um, this is more for consumer leases, so it allows uh, a, a consumer to uh, finance um, through a PPA, uh, not to own, but through a PPA. Um, so we, we're just launching that $20 million fund, okay, which well, allows the uh, PV plus storage. Okay, well, well, this is interesting. Okay, so um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but did I just hear that there is, in addition to everything we just described, a power purchase agreement option for solar plus storage? Right. Is that available presently, or is that pending? It's it's we're we're in the process of signing um, documents uh, next week. Oh my goodness, the timing! This is uh, pretty exciting here. So. Um, that is really important, folks, and that's important for a couple different reasons. But one of those reasons is that if you can't take advantage of tax credits, then a power purchase agreement or a lease and these these two mechanisms, although they're technically different, they're starting to look more and more similar uh, the way the, the contracts are written. Um, that means that if you are on a fixed income, perhaps you're retired, you don't see any tax uh, liability in your future, you can apply for the PPA version of this and get your savings that way. Is that what I'm hearing? Exactly. Oof, man, there is a lot in this. This is very good stuff. Um, okay, well, uh, why don't we, um, what do you want to go next with this, Jay? Do you want to um, touch base on some of the other uh, uh, commercial? You want to just dig a little deeper? In, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to find out, so so installers um, out there, you have a vetted installer list. Where can people find that if they want to find out who to talk to about getting their, their at least start the process rolling, right? They need to get a quote before they can start uh, talking to you. 
Right. So um, if they just go to our website, www.gems.hawaii.gov, mm-hmm. um, on it is our applications. And they actually don't necessarily have to get a contract at first. Um, we've had many applicants who uh, uh, see if they're step one eligible first, and then um, once we give them the green light, they go and uh, on our website to look at approved contractors and choose the contractors from there. And on the web, as I said, on our website is the uh, the list of approved contractors. Excellent, excellent. Okay, great. Okay, you want to say that website again for everybody, please? It's <laughs> www.gems.hawaii.gov. Excellent. Okay. I gotta I gotta say, uh, Gwen, I, my my take on this is that assuming the funding holds out and that public partnership is is robust and there's uh, this program, given the 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 scale of the available utility programs and i would say the speed at which applications are moving through and then now this diversity of not only funding types purchasing loans as well as ppas plus you know a different technology solar hot water solar and uh, in and of itself and then soon solar plus battery that this could really make a significant impact on our community it, it, what's your what's your what's your gut uh, uh, take on this Gwen? What, what kind of impact do you see are we going to go from let me just throw this out there like a crazy man are we going to go from 20 percent pv adoption rate to 40 percent because of gems um so i i i like you i anticipate a, a, a step up in uh, adoption and i will have to say this because i'm putting my community development hat on right now mm-hmm. um what, and again while gems is for everyone what i'm most excited about is it provides access to uh clean energy to those who did not have access before so i would Huge. love to right. see a step up in the the renter uh, market as well as the low and moderate income um, population and nonprofits. As would we. As would we. How can we help you to that end, Gwen? Is there anything we can do for you? (laughs) (laughs) What you're doing right now is much appreciated. Okay, Okay. excellent. Well, perhaps we can get you on air again in the future and talk more about the commercial component because those are kind of, um, I like like to say big rocks. I use it too often, this phrase. But those are the big rocks out there, the opportunities to push forward, uh, you know, big impacts on our grid. I mean, some of these these large institutions have huge electric bills, and those can make make big impacts too, right? So it would be really interesting to, to talk more about some of the applicable technology and some of the approaches there. Maybe we can do that another show. Do you think you can carve out some time in the future and we can get together again, Glenn? Sure, that'd be great. Very good. Jay, do you have some? Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's our, that's that our is, signal. That's our, that, that's the, that signals the end of the show. Um, we want to thank you, uh, Gwen, for your time today. Uh, this is Gwen Yamamoto Lau, the Executive, Executive Director. Director of the Hawaii Green Infrastructure Authority. Again, their website is gems, G-E-M-S dot Hawaii dot gov. I just looked at it. It's fantastic. Go there. <laughs> I cannot, and I don't think we can overstate how important and what type of an impact this can have Absolutely. on our community. Absolutely. This is a big deal, folks. Everybody can get renewable energies now as of April 9th, yes. right? Uh, welcome to the revolution, folks. Uh, Gwen, thank you very much. Is there any last thing you'd like to say to our listeners? I, I just want to thank the governor for his commitment to clean energy, the legislature and the PC for the vision and foresight to create an inclusive on-bill program that allows more ratepayers to participate. Really want a um, big mahalo to our GEMS-approved solar contractors and energy, energy stakeholders. And last but certainly not least, thank you to the Hawaiian Electric Companies and our HGIA team for implementing this program. Absolutely. Hey, folks, this has been The Solar Coaster. We are sponsored by Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. This has been a heck of a show. Uh, thank, Thank you so much, and have a wonderful Aloha Friday and a great weekend ahead.